on today's episode of Mile Higher. But I think there is more to the story when it comes to how he was killed. Major corruption to another level. We're going to be talking about Dexter Wade. The big question here is why it took 172 days to identify him. It's the waiting so long that makes this feel like there's an element here that's being covered up. She reported him missing and they never reached out to her. Either there's a cover up or there, this is the most incompetent police department slash coroner's office in America. This is a vendetta. Uh, this is intentionally. Was it just laziness? Were they avoiding contacting her for a reason? Which if it's an accidental death, why was his mother not notified? Why would you make this situation any worse? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 277. So today we have a case that I'm really surprised isn't getting more coverage. It's gotten a decent amount in the last couple of weeks, but more people absolutely need to know about this massive injustice. We're going to be talking about Dexter Wade, who was killed accidentally by an off-duty police officer. And there is a lot to this story we will explain, but it will, maybe it won't blow your mind because is this stuff really surprising after we see it so often? But this one's pretty shocking. It's infuriating. It is. He was killed by an off-duty Jackson Police Department. So we're going back to Mississippi mm-hmm. and we know how it is in Mississippi. It's feels like it's a whole different world down there. It really when it comes does. to the police departments and just major corruption to another level. Yeah. As um, many of you probably remember, we did our first documentary on the Christian Andriacchio case. It was called Apartment 801, and we spent time down in Mississippi and really got to see it firsthand. And yeah. it was We actually flew into Jackson and dro- drove over to Meridian. Yep. And, you know, it kind of seemed a little bit more plausible that in a smaller town like Meridian, you'd have more of this police corruption. But even in their, you know, I believe it's their capital city. Yeah. And the, one of the largest cities in Mississippi, it is just rampant with mm-hmm. what looks like police cover-ups going on here, yeah. just based on all of the evidence in this case. I and think, this poor mother. Oh, my God. It's heartbreaking what she's had to deal with and it just is. the runaround mm-hmm. that the police department has really just a lack of communication mm-hmm. is what it really comes down to when it comes to what happened to her son. She reported him missing. And they never reached out to her when they found him. It's absolutely insane. But like I said, the history goes even beyond that. Yes. So we have a lot to get into. Um, But before we do, we are super excited to share with you all our trailer for our next documentary. I want to say it's our teaser. The teaser. Not the full-blown trailer yet. We will have several other trailers coming out after. But um, yes, this, this has already been out now for a week if you follow... Uh, my show, True Crime with Kendall Ray, it's posted there as well and on social media. And we've seen such a great response so far. And we're just so pumped for you guys to see what we've been working on. We've been working on this project all of 2023. Um, our team for the project, James and Tom and our researcher, Emily, as well, have, and Janelle, of course, have poured their heart and soul into this project. And we can't wait to tell you more about it. But here is our teaser. 
So we will be announcing a date soon. And just to be clear, the name of the documentary is 530 Days, which will make more sense. Or to those of you who know this case, which we will explain more later, you already know what 530 Days means. But a lot of people were confused thinking that the documentary came out out 530 530 days days. from now. No, the good news is it will be coming out before the end of the year. And we will be announcing a release date pretty soon, next couple of weeks. So look out for that. And we are very, very excited. Yeah, I mean, same region of the country. Yep. Uh, as far as where we went, yeah, exactly. And so, and we were in Mississippi as well. Yeah, so we were. It seems like we've always find our way back to Mississippi <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But I think well, for good reason because endless it's, corruption in it's, the South in general. It's really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one other thing we wanted to announce before we jump into this case is we do have a new item in the Mile Higher merch store, and. So Kendall's wearing it actually. It is our new mile higher premium heavyweight hoodie with puff print uh mile higher on the front, which is really, really cool. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. This particular item. We worked really hard on it, mm-hmm. picking a really good garment. This is very heavy for a hoodie. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like a winter jacket. It's yeah. so thick. It's the quality is really, really good. And it Here's also has a really back. cool print on the back. It's kind of a take on mile higher logo a little bit some mountains night sky very very cool so there is is my favorite color so i'm super yeah i love the green too (laughs) really really happy with it 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 is oversized so just beware um it is you know definitely a little bit larger than your true to size garment so if you like to normally size up i would say you probably don't need to yeah with this particular item because it's already oversized Mm -hmm. um which generally you did wash yours in it shrunk a little bit a right? little bit um the sesh one shrunk more but i would say overall all of the ones are a little bit oversized um so just keep that in mind forgot to even introduce you by the way oh janelle's here hey what up <laughs> and i'm kendall and this is josh Excellent. in case you forgot we're supposed to be saying that every episode i know we're trying forget. to we're trying to be real podcasters here <laughs> but after all this time also i wanted to mention that the merch store web address has changed. So it's milehire.shop now. You can still get to it via milehiremerch.com. There is a link to the new shop, but all the shows have their own individual shops now. It just made the most sense going forward with merch to do it that way, um, especially to utilize some of the the added benefits that YouTube shopping gives you and just be able to get it out to more, to more people. Um, so yeah, check out that new item. It is available now at milehire.shop. Also, real quickly, before we jump into today's case, it is that time of year again, time to give back. And we are going to be matching all of your donations to National Center for Missing and Exploited Children from now until the end of the year. So if you would like to make a donation, that page will be linked below. Um, You can also buy any of our NECMEC collection merch from our website, from my website, which is kendallray.shop. And yes, 100% of the proceeds from that go to NECMEC as well. But jumping into today's case, we want to start by giving a background here on Dexter Alex Wade, who was born in 1985 to his mother, Betterstein Robinson Wade, and grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Betterstein worked as a Nissan line technician and a part-time home health aide and raised Dexter as a single mom of three. Dexter has been described by his loved ones as a sweet little boy who, when he was growing up, was just a natural-born leader among his classmates. 
He liked nice clothes. He was good with computers and dreamed of one day opening his own shop where he could refurbish old cars. However, in his teen years, unfortunately, Dexter fell into a bit of a bad crowd. He hung out with older men who stole cars and did drugs, and eventually it landed him in trouble with the law on more than one occasion. And for as much as she wanted to help steer him in a better direction, his mom, Betterstein, was spread thin. Again, she was a single mom of three kids, and she worked nights to support her family. So she wasn't always home to keep an eye on Dexter. But if he got in trouble with the law, she always bailed him out, and he always came home. Dexter would eventually go on to have two beautiful daughters named Janelle and Jocelyn with his girlfriend, Candace Thomas. And although their relationship ended, they maintained a friendship for the sake of the girls. And Dexter absolutely adored his daughters. And despite Candace having full custody, he did visit them pretty regularly in Gulfport, Mississippi, which is about three hours away from Jackson, Mississippi. Candace says that Dexter was sweet and loving, especially when it came to his kids, and that his commitment to his daughters only grew after he was released from prison. Like we said, Dexter fell into a bad crowd and he ended up serving two stints in prison, one for attempted auto theft and the other for armed robbery. He was released in 2017. Following his release, Dexter's mental health continued to decline and he was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Luckily, medication helped stabilize him and put him in a better headspace. It also helped decrease his recreational drug use. From what we gathered, Dexter was living with or at least spending a lot of time with his mother. She says that he enjoyed keeping the yard clean and could often be found giving ice pops to kids on hot days or sometimes even selling soda and chips around the neighborhood. If Dexter was going to leave the house for a day or two, he always called his mom. Yes, he's an adult, but considering all the factors going on in his life, he knew that it was best to check in with her. Betterstein says that her son had never shown any signs of wanting to hurt himself and that he was generally in a good place. And that's what made what happened on March 5th, 2023, so earlier this year, seem so very out of character for him. That day, when Betterstein came home, she saw that one of her windows had been broken. And of course, she asked Dexter about it. And the two of them ended up getting in an argument that was big enough that at around 7.30 p.m., he left the house. And reports say that Dexter left the house with a friend. However, additional reporting says Betterstein never saw what friend he was with. And so that leads us to believe that this friend was waiting for him outside or it was someone that he intended to meet up with. But regardless, this would be the last time that Betterstein ever saw her son. Night turned into day and Betterstein hadn't heard from him at all. But she wasn't too worried at first. I mean, after all, he was a 37-year-old man and they had argued the night before. So she thought maybe he was still upset and blowing off steam and he would reach out or come home when he was ready. But Dexter didn't contact her at all that day, and he didn't contact her the next day either. And then seven more days of no contact came and went. And so on March 14th, she decided it was time to go to the police and file a missing persons report. But making this decision was a difficult one for her because her relationship with Jackson PD was not a good one and hadn't been since January 13th, 2019. That was the day that Betterstein found out that her brother, 62-year-old George Robinson, was violently attacked by three Jackson police officers. And then just two days later, George died in a hospital bed after suffering blunt force trauma to the head. And his cause of death was ruled a subdural hematoma from said blunt force trauma. And the manner of death was ruled a homicide. And as to be expected, his murder would end up having a large influence on Betterstein's perception of the Jackson PD. 
which is why we feel it's important to share these details with you. Plus, we feel like what happened to George deserves to be highlighted as well because he, like many black men in our country, lost his life in a senseless act of police brutality. So here's what happened. On January 13, 2019, police officers were responding to the Washington Edition neighborhood of Jackson, Mississippi, after a local reverend was killed while trying to open the church for Sunday service. While patrolling the area, three officers were said to have witnessed a hand-to-hand transaction between George and an unknown woman. When officers approached his vehicle, they reported seeing, quote-unquote, lots of cash scattered around the car. Upon asking George to exit his car, they reported that he was non-compliant and met them with resistance. However, three witnesses would say otherwise. Witness testimony would later suggest that George did try to exit his car. However, since he'd recently suffered a stroke where he was left partially paralyzed, he could not move very quickly or not quick enough for the officers. Witnesses say that officers then dragged George out of the car and body slammed his head down against the pavement. He was then repeatedly struck in the head and chest. Though they would deny that their actions against George were violent, the officers called AMR, American Medical Response, due to injuries he sustained in the struggle. However, he was so distraught that he refused their care and went home, and the officers let him do this. George was allowed to leave police custody under the condition that he returned to court at a later date. However, that would never happen because later that night, George's girlfriend found him unconscious in bed, foaming at the mouth. He was then rushed to the University of Mississippi Hospital where he succumbed to his injuries two days later. All three officers were charged with second-degree murder as a result of this incident. And sadly, but not surprisingly, justice went unserved. Because while on trial... Hines County Judge Faye Peterson found out that the prosecution failed to present evidence that two of the officers, Desmond Barney and Lincoln Lampley, acted criminally in the detainment of George Robinson. Charges against the two men were dropped with prejudice, meaning they cannot be recharged at a later date. However, the third officer, Anthony Fox, was found guilty of culpable negligence manslaughter and sentenced to five years in prison. Anthony Fox was found guilty on August 4th, 2022, but since then, Attorney General Lynn Fitch has been attempting to get his conviction overturned, citing failure on the prosecution's part to prove culpable negligence manslaughter. So this extreme lack of justice surrounding George's murder has led Betterstein and other family members as well to file a civil lawsuit against the city. She also filed a wrongful death lawsuit citing Jackson officers used excessive force and attempted to cover up their actions. The lawsuit states that officers acted in reckless disregard and violated George's civil and constitutional rights. And it's because of these lawsuits and because Betterstein has been so outspoken about this injustice that she and many others, including us, believe that Jackson PD handled Dexter's case the way that they did. Which, how can you blame her? Oh, I don't blame her at all. I think think she's spot on with that. I mean, just to have virtually, obviously, different circumstances, the same thing happened to another family member. Mm -hmm. It was your brother and now your son. Mm -hmm. Lives taken by the Jackson Police Department. I, I don't know how you think anything else. There's clearly something going on here. And as we mentioned earlier, Betterstein contacted Jackson Police Department on March 14, 2023 to file a missing persons report for her son, Dexter, despite her understandable distrust towards local law enforcement. 
Even her own mother advised her against going to the police, but she was willing to put her feelings aside if it meant finding where her son went. Following her call, an officer responded to her house to take a statement and left her a card with a case number on it. Afterwards, she emailed him a picture of her son in hopes they would take the time to share it with the public because he's missing. Disappointingly, this officer didn't even take the time to spell Dexter's name correctly, writing it as Dester on the incident report that he filed. So that is not helpful at all. And I don't know. I think it said maybe it was on purpose. I mean, I just it shows complete or just lack, lack of, of a, care and incompetence, negligence for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. And I really don't blame her for being hesitant to contact them. But that's such a terrible. It's like what else do you do? What else do you do? Yeah, they're there to help you in these types. They're supposed to be. One of the biggest challenges for me in recent years has been trying to find a good doctor and one that also takes my health insurance. And for the longest time, it was such a pain to go online or go to the insurance website and try to find a doctor. And then when you do find a doctor, there's no reviews on them. And so you have no idea what you're walking into when you show up for that doctor's appointment. And oftentimes it'd be weeks or even months before I could actually see that particular doctor. And overall, the experience was just poor. Well, thanks to ZocDoc, which is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online, they have revolutionized the doctor appointment game. And for me, they've made it extremely easy. I think it was a month or two ago, I was having kind of a medical issue and I didn't have a primary care physician because I hadn't been to the doctor in over a year and I had moved. So I had no doctor in my area and all I did was I went on ZocDoc, typed in my zip code, typed in primary care physician, as well as my insurance information and boom, I had a list of doctors with great reviews as well as available appointments within the next couple of days. And I got myself booked for the doctor, ended up going and really liking the doctor that I saw. And now they're my new primary care physician. So they made it extremely easy. And now I have a doctor I can go to for any future medical issues. But I think the best thing about ZocDoc is that online ability to book appointments. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top rated patient review doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients and not bots. Because I mean, we live in a world where we all read reviews. I know for me, for every service I look for or need in my life, I am reading the reviews before I book that particular service or thing. And the average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours, and that's it. You can even score same day appointments sometimes. Once you find the doc you want, you can book immediately with just a few app taps. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. I use ZocDoc and you should too. So go to ZocDoc.com slash milehigher and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. It's that easy. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash milehigher. ZocDoc.com slash milehigher. Betterstein made sure she kept in contact with the police, and two days after the original report was taken, she sent a different investigator a photo of Dexter. She called them frequently, asking for updates, and she requested that they show his photo on TV, but sadly, all of her efforts were in vain. In addition to contacting police, she also did her own searches as well, Mm -hmm. which is always a good thing to do. She drove around her neighborhood asking everyone that she saw if anybody had seen him. She searched nearby abandoned homes, but Dexter was nowhere to be found. And like we said, we never figured out who that friend he supposedly left with was. Days then turned into weeks and Betterstein kept calling and calling the police, asking for updates, but she was always told that they didn't have any updates for her. 
Her friend Casey Banks came with her on her searches, and Casey watched as Betterstein got more and more desperate and stressed. By March 31st, she reached out to friends on Facebook, and she posted photos of Dexter and pleaded for people to keep an eye out for her only son. She begged anyone who had seen him or knew where he was to reach out to her, as she just wanted to know that he was safe. She couldn't understand why the police consistently had no updates for her, because these weeks then turned into months, and still, there was nothing they could tell her about her son's disappearance. Her granddaughters couldn't understand it either. They called Betterstein all the time, frantic and desperate to know where their father was. They would ask, did you hear from daddy? And she would have to tell the heartbroken girls that, no, I haven't heard from him. And it wasn't until August 24th, 172 days later, that Betterstein would learn the truth. And the truth is going to shock you, or it absolutely should. On the night, of March 5th, 2023, at 7.54 p.m., just 24 minutes after leaving the house, 24 minutes after leaving his house, Dexter was killed by an off-duty Jackson police officer. This officer was driving a patrol car while Dexter was trying to cross Interstate 55 on foot. And this off-duty officer, who alerted the police to the crash, sustained no injuries whatsoever. It has been reported that he was not suspected of being under the influence. However, no kind of field sobriety test was ever conducted. Dexter's death was ultimately ruled accidental. Which if it's an accidental death, why was his mother not notified? Why wouldn't you bring everybody to the scene, make sure you confirm that this was an accident, do an investigation, and obviously bring the deceased person's mother and alert her to what happened? But that never happened. Yeah, I mean, that's just standard protocol. Yeah. You would expect that. But it gets worse because the thing about his death that makes this case so extremely troubling is that Jackson PD knew Dexter's identity, including his home address and next of kin information within days of his death. Yet they waited 172 days to make contact, which they probably just would have never made contact if they didn't. End up Probably not, to, which we will explain. But before Betterstein even reported him missing, police knew who he was. They knew who she was as well, and they knew how to reach her, but they just didn't do it. And because of that, Dexter's body went unclaimed and ended up being buried in a cemetery for the nameless. And you can't tell me that they did not know how to contact her. No, absolutely they did. Her name's probably all over that police department mm -hmm. based on what happened with her brother and now her son. On March 5th, after Dexter was struck and killed, his body was immediately sent to the Hines County Coroner's Office. A toxicology report would reveal that he had PCP and methamphetamine in his system. In addition to performing standard autopsy and toxicology tests, the coroner's office attempted to locate identifying information that he may have had on him, such as a driver's license. And even though they found no forms of personal identification, they did find a prescription bottle in his pocket and the name on the label clearly read Dexter Wade. But without a photo match, they couldn't be certain it was him, according to them. Because Dexter had a criminal history, they were able to make a positive identification on him within a matter of days after running his fingerprints through the system. His identity was then confirmed by the state crime lab on March 9th, and steps were being taken by March 8th to reach Dexter's next of kin. I mean, for me, none of this makes sense and, and i think it's really hard in this particular case because it's like it's trying to make confusing. sense of what what law enforcement in the state is saying versus what the family's saying and the big question here is why it took 172 days to identify him 
because they claim on March 8th, the investigator with the coroner's office, a man named Legrand Elliott, contacted the medical provider associated with the prescription bottle that they found in Dexter's pocket. And in doing so, he learned that Betterstein was Dexter's next of kin, and he was able to retrieve a phone number on file for her, because they obviously had her contact information, and he claims that he did call her and leave a message. However, she says she never received any sort of communication. So I don't, I mean, you have to take that for what it is. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you would think that you would call more than once. Call more than once. continue to attempt to call someone. Maybe they have changed their number or, you know. Well, they know where they live. Go to their house. Go to yeah. their house. So it's just like for all the excuses that are being made, it's like, well, it's not really our fault that he was here that long because we tried to get a hold of, uh, of next of kin, but they never, never returned her calls. And she's full on denying that they ever even reached out to her, which may or may not be true. But it's like you had the address. You know who these people are. You know who this family is. And it just seems like rather than dealing with basically the whole situation that happened before with George, they're just like, all right, let's just kind of just let this one sit. Especially and since maybe go away. If Dexter was just walking down the street. Well, he's nothing wrong. So Dexter, based on the toxicology report, I haven't seen it. I don't know exactly what it says. PCP methamphetamine in a system that mm-hmm. could mean that he used earlier in the day and it was just it showed up on the toxicology report. Could he have been intoxicated when he decided to cross the street and got hit by the car? Possibly as well. I think it'd be interesting for an investigation to be done so that we could right. actually see if there's footage and maybe there's traffic cameras or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody caught it on video of what actually happened because basically the state's like, well, he was on drugs and he essentially jaywalked across the street or walked across the middle of the road on drugs and then he got accidentally hit by of course it's so weird that's an off-duty police officer in a patrol right. car that hits him what are the chances of so that? it's like what's that's very very suspicious especially considering the history that the police department has of this family but if that's really the case why wouldn't you immediately take care of this immediately contact right. the family and just go by clear the it up it's the waiting so long that makes this feel like there's an element here that's being covered up. Mm-hmm. So because the investigator at the coroner's office was unsuccessful in reaching essentially Dexter's mother, her information, including name, number and address were get, then given to Jackson police department. Cause at that point it's like, all right, I, I don't know what the protocol is for the coroner's office. I don't know if they do make home visits for notifying next of kin um, when somebody dies or not. I feel like that's probably something they would do, especially in a circumstance like this, like mm-hmm. rather than keeping some somebody's loved one at the morgue for 170 days. But they essentially pass the responsibility, which we see this all the time. It's like passed back yep. and forth between the coroner's office and the police department. It's it's this very frustrating thing that happens. And this is what the investigator from the coroner's office, Legrand, said. He said, once we get that information, the next of kin information, I turn it over to the police because it is their jurisdiction so that they can then do the proper death notification. From March 9th onward, Jackson Police Department appeared to have all the necessary information to inform Betterstein of her son's death. And like we said, that information was withheld for approximately six months. During this time, Legrand actually reached out to Jackson Police Department seven times asking if they had made contact with Dexter's family. The coroner's office could only hold his body for so long, and he needed to know if the family was aware that this poor woman's son's in the morgue, unclaimed. But they weren't aware. For weeks and then months, investigators told Betterstein they had no information on the whereabouts of Dexter. So it's like, what happened with that exchange of information? Was the information ever sent from the coroner's office to the police department? 
or did the police department get it and they just essentially didn't do anything didn't act on it lost it for all we know was it just laziness right. lack of care or were they avoiding contacting her for a reason right that's the big question here and so on july 14th after nobody came to claim him dexter was buried in a pauper cemetery essentially a graveyard for the nameless his entire existence was whittled down to a metal post in the ground marked with the number 672 and if you're watching just look at that how how fucking depressing is that to think about it's horrible Friends, it is that time of year again. The holidays are upon us, and I'm sure a lot of you are trying to think about what you're going to get your loved ones for the holidays. And if you're looking for a meaningful gift to give someone this holiday season that your loved ones will actually use and enjoy, I cannot recommend enough the Skylight Digital Picture Frames. Last year, I gave all of our parents, Josh's parents and my parents, the digital frames because we had a child and there's, you know, endless pictures of her if you take pictures every day and they absolutely love getting to see the pictures as I upload them it's super easy to do I upload them right from my phone we even got one for Josh's grandma this year and she's been loving it she loves to call us up and ask us about the latest photo that we've uploaded there and ask what we were doing and it's just really cool especially if you have loved ones that you don't see on a regular basis my mom for example she lives in Florida so I know she loves her frame because we can her updated on Holly's growth throughout the year. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that you can send pictures to straight from your phone and they appear in seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is even opened, which is so cool. So that way when it's unwrapped and plugged in, your most treasured memories just appear. It really is the perfect gift for everyone. It's even a great group gift because you can invite multiple friends and family members to share photos at the same time. You can effortlessly send photos from frame to frame with the free Skylight app or unique email. It's so easy to use, setup takes less than 60 seconds, and the touchscreen makes it easy. So you can swipe through photos, tap to see new photos sent, tap the heart button to say thank you to the sender. It's a delight to use every day. And Skylight is so confident that you'll love Skylight that they offer free 120-day returns, which is amazing. So as a special limited time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash hire. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash hire. That's Skylight spelled S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com slash hire. Skylightframe.com slash hire. 672 was all he was to them and all he would be for another six weeks. It wasn't until a new investigator took over the case on August 13th that Betterstein would soon learn what happened to her son. She was officially contacted on August 24th and knew right away what they were going to tell her. An officer with the Accident Investigations Unit came to her house and shared the news that she was dreading, that Dexter had been killed. Obviously, information like that, no matter how prepared she was in a way, is unbelievably shocking. And she's sitting there sobbing to this officer, begging them for more information. And she's simply told that if she wanted to know more, she could contact the coroner's office. So she did. And that's when she got in contact with LeGrand Elliott and learned just how quickly officers identified her son and how long they had been waiting to tell her. She began putting the pieces together to try and find out how this could have happened. What reason would they have to have kept this from her for that long? It just it makes absolutely no sense. It really, really seems like, and I'm sure some of you out there are thinking the same thing, but it really seems like they were just hoping that she'd essentially forget about it or something, just be like, <laughs> well, something happened to him. 
And how delusional is that? Yeah. Who's just going mean, to forget about their son and move on with life? How do you not know? Like, and the fact that they buried him too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that is one of the most mind blowing. Family of this, gets the robbed was, of the chance. Yep. For closure to have a funeral service, like just they're just like ah, put him in the ground. And Here's, for him put to a have an him. unmarked grave when they knew who he was, it's just I mean. Either there's a cover-up or there, this is the most incompetent police department slash coroner's office in America. Because how does that happen? It's coming to the point for me where nothing really surprises me that I hear coming from police when it comes to cor- corruption. But this one, this one really did. Because it's just so absurd and so cruel that it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around that this, this could actually happen. And in Betterstein's eyes... It all goes back to her brother's murder. She believes that the Jackson police deliberately did not reach out to her because of what she calls a vendetta that they have against her, stemming from the lawsuit she filed against the city. Lawsuits that had yet and have yet to still to be resolved to this day. And I completely agree with her. And I would feel the same way if I was in her shoes. Here's a clip of Betterstein speaking about her son's murder. Could you not say this is a vendetta? Uh, this is intentionally. Mm. It is intentionally. Betterstein Wade believes the Jackson Police Department deliberately withheld information from her for five months about what happened to her son. Dexter Wade was struck and killed by an off-duty officer in a patrol car as he was walking near the interstate. That happened in March. Wade was buried in a pauper's grave before his family found out where his remains were. He was my only son. And I wouldn't have never thought this had happened to him. Couldn't nobody could have even told me in my sleep that that's what happened to him. As I've heard it described, the cop killing cover case. And it's important that we understand it from the family's perspective. Speaking in a Monday morning news conference, prominent civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump, representing Wade, suggested there's a connection to the long delay in the family finding out about Wade's death and another case involving Betterstein Wade's brother, George Robinson. Prosecutors say the 62-year-old Robinson died after he was body slammed and assaulted by three Jackson police officers in 2019. I think so, because what other reason would you think that we go through six months and they don't tell me who my son is? Is it, is it hard? Is it hard for them to connect dots? Her brother beating it there, right out here. Her son hit and thrown off in the grave. Now I'm going to tell you, did they know? Did they know who he was? Did they know who she was? I think when you put all of the pieces together, it's really hard not to think of any other scenario playing out than oh, what can... she what she just described. Yes. I 100% believe that what she is saying is true. I mean, especially thinking about this. And again, like we don't know. We still don't have like, like where's the body cam footage from that officer? Was that, I mean, he was off duty. So maybe he wasn't, probably wasn't running body cam or dash cam. Maybe it was, I don't know. And I'd love to see what actually happened. Cause was he, crossing the road and it was you know he accidentally got hit or was did this off-duty officer see him target him and then plow into him i mean that's what they they believe is this was intentionally a 
off-duty officer hitting him because it was Dexter Wade. Well, and they could absolutely be right. And unfortunately, we won't know that because they didn't do a proper investigation. And obviously, if something like that did happen and there's something bigger being covered up, the more time that they can have elapse for them to... Try to get rid of evidence and... Yes. Yep. Get their ducks in a row before it all comes out. Yes. I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like the court system there just runs extremely slowly as well because mm-hmm. her lawsuits haven't even been really dealt with at this point either. Yeah. Or they're just delaying it. They're figuring, you know, who knows how deep the corruption runs? Does it run all the way up to the judges and everywhere else where Probably. they're all protecting themselves and they're making sure that this doesn't ever see the light of day? I, I just, I mean, this is fully just my opinion and we obviously don't have evidence to back this up, but I think there is more to the story when it comes to how he was killed yeah absolutely i think if it happened the way they said they would have dealt with this much sooner she would have been contacted immediately why wouldn't they cover their bases if it was truly this freak accident i don't think it was and if that's the case then that i mean everybody in jackson should be worried about this because you've got officers that are likely still working Mm -hmm that just murders somebody possibly possibly allegedly Allegedly. be careful how we word this obviously but in our opinion right in our opinion and another disgusting element of this is betterstein had to pay 250 dollars to claim her son's body basically buy him back from the people who killed him and swept it under the rug and even still they didn't tell her where she could find him at first it wasn't until early october it's like a month ago that she was finally able to visit her son's grave and loved ones were by her side for that. And they stood together in prayer, mourning this incredibly devastating loss. And that's what's so sick about all of this. In so many cases like this, where you're already facing such unimaginable pain and loss, and then you have to deal with this corruption and discrimination. Yes. Mm-hmm. On top of it. Mm hmm. You know, you're trying to heal from multiple things at once. And how can you even really grieve and start to move on with your life and process this massive loss when you're also trying to fight for justice? Against those that are there supposedly to protect you. Right. Which is the worst. Yep. Yep. Standing by her son's grave, Betterstein said, Dexter, I want to tell you, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened to you. But mama didn't know. Mama didn't know. I always loved you and I miss you. Farewell, baby. Farewell. God, so unbelievably sad. Now, when it comes to the timeline, we don't think it'll come as a shock to any of you that the Jackson Police Department has a completely different reason as to why it took so long to contact Dexter's next of kin. According to an address from the mayor of Jackson, the discrepancy in time it took to reach his family was merely a miscommunication between the police department's missing persons division and the Hines County Coroner's office. That is the lamest excuse I've ever heard. And they should be embarrassed that they even had to make that statement. Because what the hell? A miscommunication for (laughs) six months? Come on. You really think we believe that? I mean, oh man, after our documentary, I know. I'm just like, maybe it is just that incompetent. Like, they just literally have no systems. They lose files. There's, it seems like they have no modern technology 
Yep. Yeah, that's that's one thing you will see in our documentary. We're highlighting a lot of the corruption down there. Um, a lot of a lot of similar characteristics to that case mm-hmm. to this case. Just complete lack of care, disorganization. It's it's mind blowing seeing it in person. This episode of Mile Higher is kindly brought to you by Huggies Little Movers, and I'm so excited because we love Huggies in our house, and we have a little mover now, which has been. A huge adjustment. Our daughter now is walking a lot. And so it's important to us that she is protected as much as possible when it comes to the diaper category. So Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes and their tushes do too. Huggies best fitting diaper is their little movers with its curved and stretchy fit. Parents know that there's nothing worse than an ill-fitting diaper, especially for your active babies. Huggies little movers are curved so our baby feels comfy no matter how much she's moving around. And Like I said, she's moving around a lot. But what we love most about Huggies and why it is our favorite diaper brand is they offer 12-hour protection against leaks, which is a game changer. We've actually never experienced a leak when using Huggies diapers, which is super impressive. And our daughter sleeps about 11 to 12 hours a night, and the Huggies always last her through the entire night, which is amazing. So get your baby's butt into Huggies best-fitting diapers. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Mayor Lumumba offered his apologies and prayers to the family. However, he also says that an investigation revealed there was no police misconduct or malicious intent. So they did an internal investigation on the incident and Mm -hmm. they come back with this yet. And then they just chalk it up to, well, we miscommunicated about what happened here. You really think (laughs) his mother's going to accept that answer? After how, all of this. How are we supposed to trust or that? Trust that, yeah. After you've handled it this way, that you have now completed your in- investigation thoroughly and we're supposed to just take your word for it? Absolutely fucking not. It's very clear you got, I mean. It's maddening. It is. It's extremely frustrating. I mean, he even goes on to say, well, the police department did try to reach out to Betterstein and. Shut the fuck up. The dude. number we had was inaccurate, so that's the best we could do. It's like, really? Lazy. Lazy, careless. So Honestly, much, I hope it's laziness and carelessness because that's better to the alternative, scarier. which yeah. is more likely that this was purposeful. Well, let's hear from the mayor himself. Here's what he had to say. Fortunately, there was a tragic accident where Mr. Dexter Wade was walking across I-55 Highway. While he was walking across the highway, an off-duty JPD officer unfortunately struck Mr. Wade and he passed. The accident was investigated and it was determined that it was in fact an accident and that there was no malicious intent. Unfortunately at the time, in addition to his loss of life, there was he was without identification. And the Jackson Police Department was unable to make an ID. The coroner's office later received his body, and they were later able to establish his identity through both fingerprints, and he also had a prescription bottle on him. On him. Then there were efforts after they located the prescription bottle to reach out to the medical provider who provided that prescription. That medical provider provided a number, which unfortunately 
was not accurate or not a good number to be used in the program. Oh yeah, let's blame the So medical. they weren't able okay. to make contact. Somewhere in the process of them trying to locate with that number, Mr. Wade's mother, later, days later, filed a missing persons report. And the failure nice little blame there. that ultimately, days later, there was a lack of communication with the missing persons division, the coroner's office, and accident investigation. And because of that, Mr. Wade, they were unable to find uh, his family within a expeditious period of time. And he was buried once the coroner went to the Hines County Board of Supervisors in order to get permission to do so. And so it is tragic to lose your child. It is tragic to suffer the consequences of having to bury your child before you perish. But to add insult to that trauma, it is even more difficult to not have the ability to have a proper burial for your child. And for that, we regret the circumstance that Mr. Wade's family has had to deal with. And so we continue to lift them up in prayer. Shut I do up. want to be clear that at no point have we identified or did any investigation reveal that there was any police misconduct in this process and that there was any Shows the tapes. intent. And so it is important that we learn from these circumstances, that we identify ways to improve communication, but it is also important that we don't confuse with community issues of police misconduct in a circumstance which honestly was an unfortunate and tragic accident. I'm embarrassed for him saying all of that. It sounds so incredibly stupid. It's unfortunate that this... No ownership of like, we fucked up. No. Or like... We this is embarrassing. And we regret. Yeah. This is embarrassing for us as a city and a department that it took this long. 172 days. That that is just <laughs> How Sorry, bad of investigators so are you, Jackson Police Department, that and you couldn't have figured that. this out? This guy literally you could look him up, Dexter Wade, yes. in your computer in your patrol car, and you probably guys pulled know up his this family. Information. You know who they are. You know his mother. And there's no mention of any of that. Of in course this not. Statement the either. less people that know about that part, the better. Right. Right. This is an unfortunate miscommunication that we regret, but it is not police brutality. We cannot confuse the public or police misconduct. Okay. So this clip we just showed you was part of the mayor's annual state of the city address. However, we want to be very clear that there has been no official statement from Jackson Police Department directly. Nothing. That says a lot. Despite disagreeing with his assertions, Betterstein has said she does appreciate Lumumba's gesture and that he admitted mistakes were made, sort of, kind of. And that being said, it's obviously not enough. 
the failures of the department go deeper than just having the wrong number and like everything taking longer than expected. Our bad. A lot of blame. Because at any point they could have just went and knocked on her door. But they didn't. I mean, she has a missing person. Like you have a missing. How bad is your missing persons division that they couldn't solve this one? Mm -mm. Come on. It's just you'd expect things like this to come when you have recovered someone's body after they have decomposed and you're unable to identify them when he is literally i mean he was found immediately struck by a vehicle on the highway so he there could have been obvious damage to his body and maybe it was to the point where they couldn't positively id him at that particular time but they have a prescription bottle with his name on it in his fucking pocket and they could have easily pulled up his record. Yes. Could have easily probably did the fingerprints she right away. She could have been noti- notified in 48 hours at an absolute minimum. Not 172 days later. No. There's there's a reason why. There has to be. Right. Which is also the reason why she's hired Chief Civil Rights Attorney Ben Crump. And I'm sure many of you have heard his name before. He's been involved with families including Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Tamir Rice. Michael Brown and Ahmad Arbery. Crump has already deemed this a cop killing cover up and is calling upon the Department of Justice to investigate, which we all hope the Department of Justice would come in to Mississippi and investigate that place top to bottom. Lots of families want that to happen, mm-hmm. are begging for that to happen. And I mean, not just there, places across the country, but yes, this, this case absolutely needs a federal investigation. Crump agrees with Betterstein's assertion that Jackson Police Department has a vendetta against her and will continue to advocate and represent her until there is justice for Dexter Wade. He believes the message needs to be sent to the state's capital, that police are going to be held accountable for their actions, and that this will not be another instance where the death of a black man will be swept under the rug. Part of Crump's original strategy was to have Dexter's body exhumed so they can perform an independent autopsy, which they should have the right to do that, absolutely. They felt it was very difficult to trust the police's words, so they want to come to a conclusion about Dexter's death on their own, which is only fair, and they should have every right to do that. Because even if his death was accidental, which hopefully they can get their own clarity on, the time it took for police to tell Betterstein does not appear to be an accident, and they need to be held liable for that. I think that's what made me so, what made me most angry about the mayor's statement is that he did not acknowledge the mistake that they made in not contacting her. It was much more that this, you know, this was an accident. There was miscommunications and stuff, but there was no real, real sense of apology or accountability at all for how absurd that is. Can you imagine being in that position where your loved one is killed by an officer and then you believe that they're missing for a period of time and then 172 days later you found you find out that they've known this whole time how do you even and they buried him yes that he's in a nameless graveyard with a number and sorry we tried to call you the number wasn't working and let's just blame the the medical provider for that right it makes you want to beat your head against the wall it's like just unreal as all pet owners know Having a pet is expensive, from everything with the food, to the grooming, to pet sitting. Costs can skyrocket very, very quickly, and also depending on how many pets you have. Kendall and I have 10 pets, and you can imagine it costs a lot of money to keep all these pets fed and happy and healthy. And also, your pets are a part of your family. Most of us consider our pets the same as a human family member. So this is why 
you need to know about pet insurance because this podcast is sponsored by Embrace Pet Insurance. It's time to upgrade your pet insurance game, whether you have a dog or cat. Embrace Pet Insurance offers customized plans for your pet's exact needs. Because if you didn't know, just like everything else in the world, vet care prices have increased by 33% from 2022 to 2023, which is just insane. What's great about Embrace Pet Insurance is that you can visit any vet or emergency clinic. And if you have multiple pets like I do, they insure you and you get a 10% multi-pet discount. One of the best features about Embrace I really, really love is the fact that they have a 24-7 helpline, which is super helpful. You know, there's always those scenarios where you're not really sure if you should take your pet into the vet and... You're worried about the costs associated with that. Well, you can just call their 24-7 helpline and they can help advise you on what to do next, which is very, very helpful. And it's 24-7. Most vet offices are not open outside of normal business hours. So this is a great safety thing to have. You might be thinking or having doubts about pet insurance. Well, I can assure you it's a lot less expensive to get pet insurance than it is to take your pet to an emergency animal hospital or a specialist. I mean, the costs are just absolutely astronomical and it can put you in a really bad financial situation. So why not just give yourself that peace of mind and get some pet insurance for your pets today? So don't wait for the unexpected to happen. Join the massive community of pet owners who trust Embrace Pet Insurance to protect their pet. Head to embracepetinsurance.com slash milehire and sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to embracepetinsurance.com slash milehire or else they won't know who sent you. That's embracepetinsurance.com slash milehire. The other reason that it's obviously important to exhume Dexter's body is so that he can be given the burial, the funeral that he deserves, one where his daughters can say a proper goodbye and loved ones can show their support and respect. So obviously exhumation was not something that could just happen overnight, but with time and effort, the Hines County Board of Supervisors finally approved a day and time where Dexter's family would get to see him again. They knew it would be painful, but it was meant to signify a new beginning. And sadly, the disrespect and blatant disregard for his life at the hands of the police only continued. And what we're about to tell you guys is absolutely abhorrent. On November 6th, the board granted approval for Dexter to be exhumed at 11.30 a.m. on November 13th. But when Betterstein and her support team showed up, Dexter had already been exhumed. Let that sink in. They told her, when to show up to finally see her son again after everything they've put her through. And when she did, he was already gone. I mean, if that doesn't set alarm bells off, I don't know what what will. By the time she arrived, he was already in a body bag in the back of a Suburban. It just makes you physically sick to think about how this family has been denied justice at literally every turn and treated as if Dexter's life just didn't matter at all. That he's... What number did they give him? 62? 672. 672. That's all he is to them. Well, and I mean, it makes me think, what are they hiding? Why are they like trying to hurry this along and keep her out of it Mm -hmm. and not allow anybody else to be a part of that process when they, she deserves every right to be a part of this process going forward. And if you're going to try to make things right with the family, you would think that you wouldn't go and exhume him before they even show up when you told them to show up. Yeah, you would think and you would think after all the hot water they're already in and how bad they fucked this up that they would do everything by the book as much as they can going forward. And it does make you think, is there a reason? Yeah. Is there a reason they did it before she got there? Clearly something else happened here. I don't know. Could be. 
why else? Just doesn't make why sense. Why else? Just from a PR perspective, if you want to look at it that way, why would you do this? Why would you make this situation any worse? Well, that's why I'm trying to raise some ruckus here because more people should be upset about this. The Jackson Police Department has continuously shown that they are incapable of respecting basic human rights, and many individuals need to be held accountable for this grave injustice. The attorney for the Hines County Board of Supervisors shared, and quote, it is the procedure of the coroner to exhume the body from the burial site in the presence of representatives of the Hines County Sheriff's Department, coroner's office, and the funeral home that will receive the body. Think about it. Someone from the police department had to be there while the body was being exhumed. So when we tell you guys that they said this whole thing was another miscommunication, we hope you come to a similar conclusion that we are, that that is just bullshit. I mean, how offensive. A miscommunication with how many people from different departments were just standing there knowing what this family has gone through so far. The official excuse, because that's what it is. It's an excuse. Was that a crew from the public works department showed up early and with help from people detained in the county's jail, dug him up. One member of the board said, so they came early and they did what they did. They just showed up early and what? Want to just get on with their day? It's unacceptable. It's reprehensible. And quite frankly, it's just unbelievable with how much injustice has gone on in this case since day one. We all find it nearly impossible to believe that this many accidents and miscommunications happened back to back. And I think most people feel that way. Of course, there are people that are making excuses and just believe everything they say and whatever. But if you really think about this, I think this family is spot on with thinking that there is something more to all of this. And in response to all of this, Crump said the family is now unable to see the exact condition that Dexter's body was in. Right. Which only furthers the belief that authorities are not being transparent. I mean, he believes that they are hiding something and we can understand why. That's that's definitely how we feel. I just, I don't know. The, the coincidences would just be insane if that's really what happened, that they just happened to show up early that day no and dug him up way. before anybody else, the family could get there. Nope. Nope. That's bullshit. I don't believe it for a second. There is there is a cover up going on, in my opinion. As you can imagine, Betterstein has suffered every day since her son walked out of her house back in March of this year, and not once has law enforcement shown an ounce of care for her loss of life. Here's a clip of Betterstein talking about Dexter's body being exhumed without the family present. This how the system works? Mm. This what I'm living in, and I'm living in Mississippi, and this what I got to deal with? That I don't even matter. Is any additional information you need? Attorneys representing the family showed a letter from the Board of Supervisors. The letter says the exhumation would take place at 1130 in the morning, but a county crew with shovels removed the body three hours earlier at eight in the morning. What are they hiding? Wait, three hours what early. What are they hiding? No. Well, we're going to get to the truth. County Administrator Kenny Wayne Jones responding to the family's accusations. It was very unfortunate. Um, no it's unfortunate. Or anything like that. Just miscommunication. The exhumation wow. came about two weeks after the family revealed that Wade had been buried without their permission in August. The family had been searching for Wade for months. He was struck and killed by an off-duty Jackson police officer in March while walking near I-55. I'll cover it up. Y'all did that. 
kept telling me no, no, no. Jackson police knew the body was in the local morgue, but it took five months before they notified the family because police say they couldn't identify Wade. Now I ask, can I zoom my child and try to get some peace and try to get a state of mind? Now y'all take that from me. I couldn't even see him come out to growl. There was a reason for that, for sure. And it's just the same story from the officials. Well, another miscommunication. Yep. Mm-hmm. Convenient. Unfortunate miscommunication. Yeah. I would like to hear anyone's argument for why they believe that there's absolutely no cover-up and no wrongdoing here. You, I mean, you just can't. The only other thing you could say is just like, this is the most incompetent city in America. I mean, I don't know how else you'd explain it. And again, I would like to believe but I don't, that I don't all believe it is that is at incompetence. All. No, I don't believe it's it at not. all. not. There I fully believe that there is a major cover-up going on here. And it would make sense that they're trying to cover this up because she's already got lawsuits against the city, the apartments. Mm -hmm. So this would just be further ammo to probably end up awarding her a major settlement in this case, if that's the way that it goes. Or hopefully charges against those those involved in, in what happened here. But it has been announced that a funeral service will be held for Dexter on November 20th of this year while we don't have many details at this time we're obviously sending betterstein and her whole family all of our support and love and just hope you guys do the same because you can't Mm -hmm. even i mean you can hear the pain in her voice this is just unbelievably hard and i just can't even imagine having to deal with this and just i i i hope to god they get they get justice and find out the truth above all else well what happened and so I'm sure that pain is even more fresh after the funeral has passed. I mean, I'm glad that they are able to finally give him that final burial, but I'm sure it's, it's bringing up a lot. And so they're going to need more support than ever. And that's where we're truly calling on our audience to show them that support. And let the Jackson Police Department know that we're out here and we, we know what's going on and we're not going to settle for just these empty excuses they keep putting out there of miscommunication unfortunate miscommunication and you know there's obviously ways that you can support the family in this quest for justice hashtag justice for dexter wade if you want to tweet that at the jackson police department and just ask for transparency it's like we just want to know what happened let us let us see the dash cam the body cam footage if that even exists we don't know or at the very least Show us the investigation that you did. How did you determine that there was no malicious intent behind this accident? How is anyone supposed to believe that? Especially when at this point they have still not even made an official statement. I mean, what is right. that? that? That's very surprising to me that they're just, well, it's not, it's surprising to me, but it's also not yeah, surprising to me. Mean. But like, really? it would be in their best interest to come out right now and address this before this blows up and becomes a huge, huge issue for them. I mean, it's already, it's, it's, it's already blowing up and traction. becoming an issue. You yeah. would think that just from a PR perspective, they would have made a statement by now. It's, it's absurd. It is absurd. Also, the family does have a GoFundMe in order to raise money for a full independent autopsy, which absolutely needs to be done in this case, because maybe, I mean, hopefully depending on the condition of his body at this point, who knows, but maybe an independent autopsy will show further evidence that something else actually happened in this case or you know 
at least provide closure for the family. And these things are very expensive, as you can probably imagine. So the GoFundMe is there to help cover those costs and alleviate some of the burden that they're already having to deal with. So we'll link that in the description box below. We're also, Mile Higher Podcast will be making a donation to the GoFundMe as well. And we ask that you join us in doing that. Anything helps. And at the very least, you know, tweeting out justice for Dexter Wade, alerting the Jackson Police Department that we're aware what's going on and we're not going to settle until we have full transparency on what happened to this young man. Making noise and putting pressure on those who need to be held accountable makes a bigger difference than you even realize. You might feel like you're just one person, but if you, you know, if you have Twitter or you have any social media, sharing something like this makes a huge difference. Tell the people in your life about this, especially if you live in Mississippi or in the South, make this known to people around you because things like this, I've said this many times, but this should, this should truly scare every citizen of this country that things like this can even happen. And, you know, again, going back to how long they waited, it's, I really, really hope they're able to find something if they do this autopsy, an independent autopsy, but it has been so long. And I think that that was purposeful as well. Yeah. That's the, I mean, we don't know how it was stored, how his body was stored in the morgue. We have no idea the condition of his body at this point. Which, going back to our documentary, yeah. we've learned could be it could It could be to the point where they're not able to yeah. gain any Who new insight into his death. Which would be extremely unfortunate, and I hope for the sake of the family that that's not the case. But it's a very real possibility because if you're wondering, well, how do they cover this up? Well, that's how you cover it up. You let the evidence. Yep. Time. Let time. the time pass. Time pass, and the evidence goes away. But yes, if you are someone who I'm guessing, if you watch the show, you are a true crime consumer and. It's a great opportunity to be an active true crime consumer and do what you can to make noise about this case. Donate whatever you're able to. I know that, you know, not everyone is able to make super large donations, but every little bit helps or just sharing it with someone else um, because they're going to need funds. They're going to need support and they're going to need noise. And yeah, we just really, really hope that we see more come out of this. This cannot just be swept under the rug. No, like so many cases no. like this are. I'm I'm really holding out hope that this one can, at the very least, whatever happens with Dexter ultimately helps in Betterstein's lawsuits, and that those that are responsible for this or her brother's death are ultimately held responsible, and she gets something because it's, she, now she's had two family members taken by the same department that is a hell of a coincidence yeah if it if that's what it is is. but all signs are pointing to something Mm -hmm. more sinister going on here yeah i would love to hear all of your thoughts out there um i think most of you are going to agree with us but if you don't i would love to hear why i would love to know how you can defend this in my opinion there's just no defending it because again if it was purely an accident he was intoxicated. He crosses the highway. He gets struck by, just happens to get struck by an off-duty police officer in a patrol car. Mm-hmm. Then why didn't they handle this differently? 
you would think that if something like that happened and that is that is what happened that it would be in their best interest right. to make sure that it was handled as best as they Clean. possibly could going forward if if that mistake right. was made if it was a mistake or not it just or this not is right just here. the the most dysfunctional no. city in no. america no no there's but more. but i mean as we know from firsthand experience and there's more this this isn't the only family that's experienced this unfortunately no there's countless other families in mississippi and across the south and across america who've, who've faced similar circumstances with the local authorities and those that are supposedly there to help us and keep us safe and get justice doesn't always happen so we'll leave it there with you today we'll link everything regarding dexter wade betterstein and her gofundme mm-hmm. and information in the description below or if you have information on this case maybe you saw something we'll we'll put all that below for you but that's going to be it for us today we'll see you guys next week <laughs>